Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 66 is Getting Back to the Basics. Now, before we do, I wanted to share a little something with you. It wasn't until about five or six years ago that I actually really adopted the fact that I actually was a pretty organized person. So what? I mean, I had a a professional organizing business. In fact, I started my professional organizing business back in 2012, and it's 2021. So for the first few years, I did sort of struggle with that imposter syndrome a little bit, a lot. And so where on earth did I come up with this? Well, I kind of thought about it and I was like, where was the seed actually planted? And I remember back in 2011, I worked a full-time job outside of my home. I had three kiddos, high schooler, elementary age kiddo, and my youngest was actually born in 2011. So he was a baby. And my job was having a breakfast potluck at work. So I was walking into work one morning, piping hot, breakfast casserole in one hand, my big ginormous purse slung over one shoulder. The other shoulder, I was carrying my breastfeeding bag. Those things are ginormous, by the way. And so I was walking into work, and so one of the the maintenance guys that worked in our building saw me approaching. So he opened the door very sweetly. And as I walked in, he was like, did you make that from scratch? He pointed at the breakfast casserole, and I'm like, yeah, I did. I thought he wanted the recipe. And he asked, don't you have three kids at home? And I was like, yeah, I do. I was kind of like, huh, what, what is he getting at? And he said, you must be one of the most organized people I have ever met in my entire life. And I was sort of stunned by it. And I was like, oh, not me. And so I kind of laughed. I walked into work and I was like, guess what he just said about me? And so some of the other coworkers were actually like, yeah, actually, we're always impressed. You kind of, you have a lot going on in your life and you're kind of just like handling it. You're sort of managing to get all this stuff done. We're pretty impressed. And I was like, really? And the reason I questioned it is because I always thought perfection, or excuse me, that organization was about perfection. I always looked at people who I thought like totally had it together. Those were the organized people. I never felt like I was someone that always had it together. I had a lot of people in my social circle too, who really, and I still do for some reason, who really believe in this ideal of being perfect and perfect marriages and perfect homes and perfect children. And I just, I don't know, I've just never fit in with that and stuff. And in fact, I always felt a little picked on sometimes by some of those folks. And I have a very sweet friend. And I remember one time she was a coworker back then. And right around the same time, um, back in 2011, I remember she used to, I felt like she nitpicked little stuff about me. So for instance, she would just nitpick little things. Like again, I was like pumping breast milk at work and she would be like, oh, you're, you know, whatever, something's on your shirt. And I'm like, probably breast milk. And so I just kind of felt like she was always sort of picking at me and calling me out for things. And I remember one day I just had it and I snapped my head at her and I was like, 
do you realize what is in my life, what I'm dealing with in my life right now? I have a full-time job. I have three kids that I'm trying to be a really good mom for. I have a husband who has an extremely demanding career, not to mention everything else that we are dealing with in life. Like, I don't care if my shirt has a stain on it. And she immediately felt bad. And she just sort of like was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. And to her credit, she apologized profusely for like two years afterwards. But I will say again, that was sort of where the seed was planted. It was where I started to change my idea of like what organization really was. I was really good about having really good systems that worked for me in my life because I had to. Looking back even a few years before that, I was a military spouse and we actually did two tours, one in Hawaii and one in Guam. And I remember looking back and those, they call them PCS as permanent change of station if you're not familiar, but those moves to overseas locations are actually kind of complicated. And I remember my um, spouse at the time, who's now my ex-spouse, was um, away or deployed or TDY or, or forget. And so a lot of that planning fell on me. And I didn't know anything about Hawaii or Guam. But I made those moves happen. I was able to sort of utilize all of the resources we had with the military and get everything scheduled and lo and behold, was able to move. And I was like, again, never even thought that that was an organizational skill. And so, again, I'm super grateful for um, that gentleman who pointed that out because I started to sort of open my eyes about what is organization, So I'm going to go through six things that I believe organization first is not and six things that organization is. So let's get started. First, what organization is not? Number one, it is not about creating a home to impress other people. Now, that being said, don't beat me up when people come to my home. In fact, this past weekend, I had sort of a new group of girlfriends that came over And yes, I love it. I love to entertain. So I had made this beautiful like tablescape in the backyard. We were doing Italian food. I try to like implement candles and do all of that stuff. Did I love the oohs and ahs? Yes, I did. Was I super like felt super proud and it made me feel good? Um, Yes, it did. So Yes, it's okay for people to come over. It's okay to get some validation and want people to feel like they like your home and compliment on it. Yes, that's all okay. But that shouldn't be your primary purpose for organization is just purely for impressing others. That shouldn't be what everything that you want to do. And this is why. Because number two, organization is not about becoming so overly obsessed with your house that you cause stress within your family. So when I was putting together this little dinner and there was eight of us that were going to sit around and just do kind of like a mom's night out, it's hard to go to restaurants in our city sometimes. So we just wanted like to get together, have some wine and some good food. And so I'd offered up my home for that. But here's also the other thing. I left my family alone and out of it. Again, this is something that I like to do. And you know what? I certainly have been there where I've put my family through their fair amount of stress. And to be fair, so has my husband. My husband can get like this too sometimes. Sometimes. 
And so you shouldn't be so overly obsessed with your house that it causes issues in your relationships. Shouldn't cause tension between you and your spouse. And this is not just a female thing. This is also a male thing too. I've seen plenty of men be like this with their wives. And so your home It should not be just purely about impressing others to the point where you go psychotic if your kids didn't put all of the dishes away exactly where you want them. You shouldn't be spending so much of your time having to go and redo things that your kids did, you know, as far as, you know, cleaning or tidying up. That is not what organization is. Organization... Number three is not about perfection. Let's talk about perfection. This is a soapbox of mine. Perfection is subjective. It's all relative. Your idea of perfection is not another person's idea of perfection. I found this while running a team of professional organizers. A lot of people that come into this industry, perfection is sort of a badge of honor for a lot, not everyone, but for a lot. And what I did find was that there were a lot of disagreements on projects with clients because one organizer would be working in a pantry, for instance, and was super like, oh my gosh, I made this pantry perfect for this client. Day two of the project, maybe there were some things that needed to be added in the pantry and the first organizer maybe was working on something else or whatever. So another organizer would go in and quote unquote, perfect, (laughs) according to them, what the other organizer had done, which caused a lot of tension and stress. And that's what we always find. Like there just is no such thing as perfection. I know, and I have plenty of people in my life who totally disagree with me on this. And that's fine. I just let them. I'm like, if you need to wear that as your badge of honor in life, more power to you. It's not my problem. Um, But I definitely don't let that kind of try to seep in with me. I have people that come over to my house and because I'm one organized mama, they think that everything in my house should be perfect. I have a nice home. I have a tidy home. I have a clean home. I definitely have an organized home, but it is far from perfect. You will find some dust in the corners. You will go through and you will see different things um, that need to be tidied, you know, but again, It's not about perfection. You just have to let that go. It doesn't even exist. Okay. Organization is also not about spending tons of money on organizing bins, containers, and labels. You can go through down a rabbit hole with this. Yes, I know. There's just, they're so appealing. The container store. Every time I go to the shopping center where the container store is at, I just like, I park in that parking lot and I like to just walk through sometimes. If I have a little extra time, if I don't, then I do avoid it. And it's just because you're like, oh my gosh, this would be so pretty. Um, Same thing when I go through Target and I see the seasonal stuff. I just think like, oh my gosh, I love this. This would be perfect. But again, I really emphasize that when it comes to buying containers for your home. You keep it simple, keep it functional, keep it practical. And I know it's so boring and you can have some fun sometimes. Um, but when we get to that part, I'll really get into that and explain why. But organization is also not about living this regimented life that leaves no time for fun, creativity, or freedom. So on the opposite end of the spectrum are my <laughs> 
anti-perfection friends. So I have very, I love my social circle, very varied opinions and beliefs and walks of life. So my friends that like really believe in perfection and I have this other group of friends who I love just as much who are like the anti-perfectionists. And these are the ones that give me crap for getting up as early as I do. I like to get up before 6 a.m. That's like my goal almost seven days a week. And unless I'm really tired and I need a little extra sleep. But these are the friends that kind of razz me and give me crap about that. And I'm like, guys, you're totally missing out. And I have one friend in particular who thinks that this means I live this super regimented life. And I'm like, it doesn't at all. In fact, the fact, the reason that I get up at the hour that I do is because it's like my hour of freedom. It's my hour to be creative. When I wake up in the morning, I've realized my creativity is more in the morning and it wanes as the day goes on. So the more tired I get, the more involved I get in my day, my creativity completely wanes. So it's definitely in the morning. I know some friends, I have Um, A cousin, in fact, who is the opposite. She is very creative at night. And I have other friends, the same thing. Their creativity kicks in like after everyone's in bed. That's awesome. You know, do whatever works for you. But again, have a plan. I'm super grateful for my planning of my days and stuff. Because again, instead of living this very regimented day, it actually has opened up a lot of time for freedom and again, it has allowed for creativity. All right. The other thing that organization, the last thing that it is not, is that organization is not about being one and done. And what do I mean by that? So think about a space that you've organized. <clears throat> it has to be maintained. So for instance, I kind of go through different spaces in my home And my kids' linen closet was a space that I just organized this past week. And I promise you, a few days have passed and it's not as organized as it was on day one. So organization is not about being one and done. Organization definitely requires maintenance. So let's get into the six things that organization is. Number one, it's about creating a home that that is your respite and your retreat for you and your family from the world. It should make you feel proud. It should make you feel safe, cozy, relaxed, and create memories. So again, remember I was talking about having people over? Yes, of course. We want to be proud of our home. We want people to come in and be like, oh my gosh, you guys are a wonderful family. You feel seem happy. Of course, we want to hear that stuff. We don't want to be like, oh, super tense over at Janelle's house. Um, we want it to be like proud, like this is us. It's a reflection of us. And whether you have people over or not, you know, like even if it, because there are plenty of people I know out there that are like, I don't like having people at my house. That's absolutely fine. It should still be a place that is, again, your retreat from the world. Your family should be safe there. Your family should be happy there. Your kids shouldn't be scared that they put the dishes, unloaded the dishwasher on incorrectly and put items away in the wrong manner. Like you don't want to create this 
unnecessary tension in your in your home. There's enough tension outside of it. There's enough tension in life. So create an environment where everyone feels comfortable in your home. Organization is about creating a home where everything has a place where it belongs in order to save you time and money. If you cannot find stuff on your in your home on a regular basis, it is a problem, then you need to get organized. You need some organization systems in your home. And I'm going to tell you just how to do that in a few minutes. All right. Organization is number three. Accepting that the smudges on the walls meant that the little ones probably practiced their soccer skills while running out the door. The chipped paint on your teen's bedroom walls made you realize that they actually have really good taste in music because they had all of these wonderful posters hung up. And that rock sitting on your kiddo's dresser meant that that family hike meant more to them than you will ever know. Again, take a moment, take a bird's eye view of your home. How is your family using it? What's important to them? It shouldn't just be about you. I know you pay the bills. I know you bought the house, but how are they using it? How are they enjoying it? How are they showing you who they are? What's important to them? Take a bird's eye view. Relax a little bit. Let them kind of shine through. And especially if you have kids, let them grow and develop and self-express in your home. It's okay. Like their rooms don't have to be Instagrammable. I promise. All right. Organization is also about buying and using containers that make sense. I want them to be practical and useful. I want them to be functional. They don't always have to be pretty. It's okay. Sometimes a shoebox, a shoebox is a container that can be used for something. You can always replace it later. Now, I don't want you keeping a ton of shoeboxes. Do not keep boxes and bins in case you use them. Do not do that. All right. The next thing that organization is, is realizing that once you've created an organization system in your home, it does open up more time to do the things that you want to be doing with the people that you want to be doing them with. Pretty self-explanatory, right? So again, having a system saves you time, saves you money. Think about how much time you waste when you're trying to find stuff. Think about how much tension that causes in your life. If you implement and create systems in your home where you're organized, it frees up a lot of time. Think about not having to run out to the store because you swear you bought XYZ, but you cannot remember where you put it. So you have to go and you have to buy it again. That takes time. That takes money. Create a system in your home that makes sense to you, that is helpful to you so that you're not wasting your time and money anymore. All right. The last thing that organization is, is that it's simply about maintenance. And I'll get into that right now. All right. So you have to maintain a space. I wish that once that closet, that linen closet that I worked on for mm, 45 minutes to an hour the other day was still organized. But I know when I go put some towels away later, I will see that there are towels that are on the floor. They're all messed up. It's fine. <laughs> Does it bug me? Yes. I'll straighten it, close the door, walk away, get on with my day. All right. So what is organization? This all sounds great, right? Like 
you're probably saying, okay, great, Janelle, like how do I implement a system in my home? Well, there are two things that organized people do. They have habits and they have tools. And I'm going to talk to you about how to implement these habits and tools into your life. And again, I did not reinvent the wheel. This isn't proprietary information. If you're a professional organizer and you need a way to talk to your clients, definitely feel free to use my language. It's actually worked pretty well to sort of conveying how to get organized. So what I did back in those days when I had a team five or six years ago, this is really the point where I was like, nope, I am organized. And I kind of dug my heels in. I was like, no, I am an organized person. Um, Does not mean I'm perfect. But when I had that team, we had to have a meeting one day because I had this team of brilliant, hardworking, talented, creative people who um, were organizing some of the most beautiful homes in Las Vegas and everything in between. I mean, we were out there hustling and um, we were running into a lot of issues again. Perfection was one, standards, that type of thing. So I, in order to sort of get the team to come together, was like, we need to have a meeting. So they came over to my house. I had the whiteboard and I said, this is what we do. This is organization. This is what our job is, is creating a system in our clients' homes. And we do that. And I broke it down to what organized people do instinctively into four steps. Step one is declutter and sort. This is simply determining what stays and what goes. Step number two is creating a zone. Basically, it's creating a place to put everything away. I want everything in your home to have a place where it belongs. Every paper clip, every band-aid, every pen, every pencil, every spoon, everything in your home should have a place where it belongs. So that's step two, creating a zone. Step three, label and contain. This is your chance to run to Target and bin shop. Step number four, teach and maintain. Now that it's clean, organized, tidy, let's keep it that way. So how do we keep it that way? All right. So those are the four steps that organized people use. This is, I mean, everyone has different terms, different terminologies. That's totally fine. But when you kind of take a bird's eye view of everything, this is pretty much what everyone in the industry is doing as professional organizers, what we're teaching, what we're doing. This is what your organized friends are doing in their homes. And I'm going to be talking to you about how to implement these systems into your own home right now. The first thing I want you to hear me say is this, you have to have habits. You have to implement these habits, organize habits into your life today, right now. And each step, except for step number three, because it's all about tools. So we have habits and that's what we do to get organized and tools. And that's the stuff, the tangible stuff that we use to get organized. That's simply it. Habits and tools and a combination of how we do that to get organized. So habits On step number one, we have several. Sorting. I want you to picture a messy space. Picture the messiest space that's driving you nuts in your house right now. I want you to picture yourself in front of it. You're going to get some sorting signs. I'm depending on when you listen to this podcast, check my website. I might have some on there for free for you. 
But if you don't have sorting signs, I want you to simply do this. Take pieces of paper, post-it notes or pieces of paper and write, keep on one, trash on another, shred on another, sell on another, donate on another, recycle on another. So you're going to have all these pieces of papers that say this, depending on the space. So say it's a messy kitchen counter. Say you're just going to do keep and donate. And so you're going to go through this pile and you are going to simply place things, keep or donate, keep or donate until that space is clear. You've gone through everything. Now, I want you to immediately deal, this is part of sorting, the sorting habit, immediately deal with that donate. I want you to put them in a box, a bin, a bag, and they are off to the donation site. So they're in your car or right by your front door or right by your car keys. Um, Now, I want you to deal with the keep pile. In sorting, the habit of sorting, there's a secondary thing that happens, and it's called grouping like items. I just simply want you to take that key pile and group like items together, what belongs together. Do that because grouping like items together gets you ready for step number two. So I'm not going to jump ahead. We're, we're still sticking with habits here. So let's just back up just a little tiny bit here. As you're going through the sorting process, I want you to implement these habits when you get stuck. And the first one is the use by technique. So you're going to come across something and it's going to kind of stop you in your tracks. And you're going to say, oh, I've been looking for this or shoot, I haven't used this yet. Or this costs a lot of money. I don't know what to do with it. So if it's something that you don't have an immediate use for, or you think you might use or you should use, I want you to just put a note on it, a sticky note, a piece of tape, a sticky dot and write use by and put a reasonable date. And then I want you to keep that item in a conspicuous spot. I want it to bug you. I want you to see it every single day until you use it. If you've used the item, great. You get to keep it, create a home. If you don't use the item by that date, it may be time to let it go. Now, you're going to be doing the sorting and you're going to struggle again. You're going to struggle with some stuff. I have a list of seven questions that I go through and a lot of professional organizers. So if you hire a professional organizer and they'll notice they're observing and they'll say, hey, I notice you're stuck. So let's go through. Do you use it? Do you love it? Is it sentimental? Does it fit? Does it work? Does it have value? Do you have space for it? If you answered no to everything, then it's probably okay to let it go. If you've answered yes, go ahead and keep it. Simple as that. Now, sometimes those piles, those messes are bigger than what can fit on a kitchen counter. Sometimes it's a garage. Sometimes it's an entire room. Well, nobody wants to just spend endless hours, not even the best professional organizer out there wants to spend endless hours on organizing. So I want you to implement a habit that I call the timer technique. And I don't want you to go beyond 20 minutes. So if you have a room or a large space or a large pile or a lot of stuff, I just want you to simply choose a starting point and say, I'm going to do my sorting right here. And then I'm going to handle it to like A to Z, like sort within a specific amount of time. So start your timer, set out your sorting signs, go through it, 
You're going to sort, you're going to bag up your donations, toss your trash, you're going to deal with your keep pile by grouping like items together. Now, grouping like items together is done right before step number two, and that is zoning, creating a zone, space planning, finding a home for everything that that needs a home in your home. It's These are called a lot of different things. It's basically put stuff away in your home. But where do you put stuff away? This is not that easy. And I know this working with a lot of clients, like you're like, great, I don't have a place where this belongs. So let's create a zone. How do you create a zone? You're going to take those items and you're going to notice something. You probably have already started to create some zones. How did you do this? Well, when you did the secondary sort and you grouped like items together, you probably did it by these items belong to this person. These items go in the home office. These items are seasonal. These items belong in the kitchen. So you, you kind of halfway did your job. All, the next step already is done for you, right? Okay. So obviously, when they belong to a specific person, go put those items away in their room. If items are used in the kitchen, go put them away in the kitchen. Um, if items are seasonal, go put them away in bins. Make sure that they're clearly labeled and marked so that you can find them. But zoning is simply about creating a spot and a home for every item in your home. And again, I mean every item in your home. You should have a place for paper clips, for uh, thumbtacks, for spoons, for pens, for post-it notes, for little screws and screwdrivers. All that stuff should have a place where it belongs. And you're gonna, and I do not want you to have a junk drawer. Do not just throw stuff in a bin or a drawer. Do not do it. Create a space. A baggie is a container. You can use a baggie with a label with a Sharpie marker as a container and put it in a drawer labeled screwdrivers or labeled paper clips or whatever if you need a label on it. But that can be the home. That baggie can be the home for the ID for the item. And then I want you to really kind of just take another quick go at zoning and say, where would I look for this item? Like if you're really kind of confused on where to put it, where would you instinctively look for that item? So for instance, if it's stuff that belongs in a home office and you're like, oh, I'd probably walk over to the home office and to look for those items, put the items in there if that makes sense to you. Don't overthink this. Do not overcomplicate this. All right. Step number four, again, we're skipping over step number three because it's really more about tools than habits. So step number four habits, I again have the timer technique. So step number four is again about teaching and maintaining. You've organized the space. How do you maintain it? You have to implement maintenance habits in your life and they don't have to be super complicated. They keep, let's keep them very simple. Um, a lot of times I would hear from clients who really struggled with organization that they came from families that were like super, the, the parents maybe were like hours and hours and hours of cleaning. And so when I'm like, no, you can get stuff done in like 20 minutes a day. And they're like, what? Completely changes their mindset on what it means to maintain an organized space. Yes, you can do stuff in like 20 minutes a day. All right, timer technique. Again, use your timer. 
stick with the 20 minutes. If you did 20 minutes of just putting stuff away or focusing on one space a day, you would be surprised at how much you can you can do. There's something about the 20 minutes that keeps you really focused when you know a timer is going. So just if there's a space that you've organized in the past, go over, put 20 minutes on the timer, tidy it up and be done with it. Be Walk away. You, you've done your job. Also, daily tasks. You have to do stuff every single day. 20 minute tidy. This is something that I've implemented in our life for years. And my kids grumble. I don't make it fun for them. I (laughs) don't practice what I preach. I always tell parents, make it fun for your kids. Put on music. I put on music to drown out the complaining, honest to God. I, my kids, even when they're, my adult son comes home and he's like, oh God, we always have to clean. No, you don't always have to clean. You have to help out for like 20 minutes a day. And so I put on music or a podcast to drown out their like fighting, arguing, and complaining, honestly. But if you're a better parent, you could make it really fun and competitive and like have a prize at the end or something that really cool parents do. Um, but yeah, implement a 20-minute tidy, have it done the same time of day, get everyone in the family involved. Ours is done after dinner because it just, I usually have sometime in the evening when about everyone's home for about 20 minutes that it can get done before we run off to baseball practice or my daughter runs off to her job or whatever. So 20 minutes a day. It does work though. It only works if everyone knows where stuff goes. So again, you have to make sure everything belongs and people know where it belongs. And it's not just getting shoved in closets, in a bedroom, in drawers, in baskets and bins. So just make sure that you've created some systems for where things belong. The other thing that I've implemented in our life is three daily tasks, like everyone in our family. This summer, we had a family, we had a household of six. So my daughter's best friend had moved in with us temporarily while she transitioned from with school stuff. We have a foreign exchange student. And so Everyone is assigned three daily tasks, and again, it doesn't stop grumbling or complaining or fighting or arguing, Um, but they do know they have to get their tasks done, so everyone sort of just steps in, and I do implement this during the 20-minute tidy. So if they haven't done their task yet, 20 minutes might be, God forbid, 24 minutes where they have to go you know, uh, take care of what their personal daily task is. And the last habit that I want you to implement is actually one that's more like monthly. And this is a monthly perch. You should just really kind of have an area of your house that you focus on once a month where you just focus on just purely kind of purging and decluttering. Um, I do this sort of, and again, in my house regularly, we usually have um, donation bins downstairs and one upstairs. And as my kids grow clothes or we get you know, rid of stuff. There's just always a donation bin ready. And we make a donation run about once a month. But the reason I can get away with once a month, because I know I'll do it. If you, I don't want you to keep a donation bin or bag around if you are going to forget about it and it's going to become clutter again. So if you get into the habit of making a donation run about once a month and going through different spaces of your home, I really encourage you to do that to maintain your home. Now let's go through tools pretty quickly. Again, tools are just simply the things, the tangible items that we use 
to organize. And they're a lot simpler than you would imagine. Like we're not super fancy here. Each step has specific tools. Step number one, declutter and sorting. We have sorting signs. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast episode, go check out my website. I'm always trying to put more information on there and tools and resources for you guys. So I might have some sorting signs available for you. Trash bags. Once you declutter a space, I want you to clean it. So depending on what that space is, have like a cloth or vacuum, a a broom, a Swiffer or whatever to clean the space so that when you put the items back, it's nice and clean and just makes you feel better. And lastly, of course, a timer. And a timer could be your phone. When are we ever without our phones anymore? So you have a timer on your phone or you could get cute and have like a little egg timer. Step number two, two tools are for zoning, a tape measure and some post-it notes and a Sharpie. So a tape measure, just sometimes maybe we have an odd item and we're like, will it fit? It's nice to have a tape measure nearby to kind of see, hey, can we get everything to fit in this space and to do a little bit of measuring. Also, it's nice, especially if you're doing some reorganizing and you want your family to really follow through, put a post-it note with a, with a little, and use a Sharpie and say like new spatula drawer or in your kitchen. That way when kids are putting stuff away or the spouse, they know where they go and it's not driving you crazy. Or um, for instance, new cereal bins or whatever. Just just something that just kind of helps with the communication. And again, um, lets them know, hey, I'm kind of rezoning our house, creating a, doing some space planning. And this is just an easy way to communicate that to your family. Step number three, tools for label and contain are, of course, labels and containers. So be mindful of bins. Again, I'm super, I'm not your best friend when it comes to this. I want you to get clear white and black. And I like clear only really for the kitchen. Sometimes bathrooms, clear is fine. I hate clear bins for the garage. I just like black. I like opaque because otherwise I will walk by, I'll literally pull in my garage and it'll all like hyper focus on the clear bins and how messy it looks inside. And that doesn't matter in life, right? Like, why do I want my energy and attention going to that? So just opaque. That way I can pretend like it's super organized inside. But also, again, avoid and beware of seasonal colors and items for organizing containers. Because again, if you're like me, and I know many of you are, that shade of pink will not be next season's shade of pink. Because I know you'll be like, oh, I'll just buy like five of these. And then next year when they come out, if I need more, I'll add them. And I promise you, it's never the same shade of pink or the same shade of red or green or whatever. Usually orange is okay. So I feel like the oranges are usually okay. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to hyper-focus on something like that, just make your life easier and just go with easy. It's always easy to match white to white and black to black. And of course, clear to clear. But also under um, label and contain the tools, a label maker. I did do, I think a few years ago, sort of like a label maker review. They don't change that much, but go to my Instagram feed, scroll down where you see some label makers. I think I still have a post on there um, of kind of giving you a review. 
I will say this to my professional organizer friends, beware of any kind of Wi-Fi based label maker. Learned this the hard way when I was alone in a client's home promising beautiful labels on my fancy label maker that had the app on my phone and forgot to get their Wi-Fi. And so therefore couldn't hook that whole thing up and stuff. And, um, that was, you know, and sometimes people are weird about giving their Wi-Fi password or letting you um, get on their Wi-Fi. So if you're a professional organizer out there, always have like a backup. Um, the Dymo, I think Target carries that. It's like the most inexpensive one out there. It's always easy. I I have like three or four label makers that I've promised myself I would get rid of. I just can't. They're expensive. Um but I will say that's always kind of just been one that's been easy to use. It's easy to buy the tape. It's not super expensive. Yeah, the labels are kind of bleh, but you know what? Hey, it does the job. So um, again, if you have a wonderful label, label maker that you love, definitely let me know. I haven't done any research on them in the past few years, but I'm giving you permission to buy it if you want to make that investment for time and money. But otherwise, blank labels and a Sharpie work. Um, never write directly on the bins, especially um, those sort of plasticky bins. They have like their that plastic sort of kind of permeable and soaks in the the uh, marker ink. And even with the uh, magic eraser, you still can't get that writing off. So always try to write on um, a label. I am a big, big fan of the labels that are like reusable. Um, that have like the same material that like a, a whiteboard, um, a dry erase board has. I'm a big fan and I actually like to use a Sharpie marker on those labels because um, if you use a dry erase marker, they smudge. But if you use a Sharpie marker and you use a dry erase marker when you need to change it, it actually kind of works for most of them. I don't think I've um, encountered any that it didn't work for. Um, so yeah, again, and then there's some labels too. I think I have them on my Instagram, multi-use labels that have like a sticky background, but you can peel them off and and then peel them back on. They're great for like jars and different containers like that. So step number four, teach and maintain. Again, the tools that you need, trash bags, a laundry basket, for 20 minute tidy, instead of running all over the house or having your kids run all over the house to put stuff away. If they're in the family room and the stuff that belongs in the playroom is in the family room, have them put it in the laundry basket. And then when they go over to tidy the playroom, they can just put the stuff away. So they're not running because if your kids are anything like mine, once they leave that space and go somewhere else, you're never getting them back again. Like they're gone forever. And not without a fight, you're going to say, go back and finish cleaning the, the family room. So just have them put it in a laundry basket. And that um, definitely will save you a little bit of a headache. Again, a timer and a calendar. So again, talking about that monthly purge. Again, go on my website, depending when you're listening to this. I'm always trying to put stuff on there for you guys that are um, great tools and different resources and stuff. So I do have a monthly purge calendar that I'll um, put out there every once in a while. But basically, like the shampoo bottle says, wash, rinse, and repeat. This, this is how you get an organization system implemented into your home. 
still a little overwhelmed, still a little confused, do me a favor, go to my website. I have a class called the One Organized Mama Declutter Course. It's online, super affordable. And with it, I actually have a printable guide and I have pre-recorded videos. So if you really want to sort of learn how to do this and you need some visuals or you need someone really kind of talking you through it, go sign up for my declutter course because this is pretty much what it goes through. It goes through the basics. It talks about the importance of decluttering. You have to declutter. That's why it's step number one in order to get organized. So again, my website, oneorganizedmama.com. Go on there, take a look at it. You can do it in your pajamas. It's not a Zoom, so you're not going to see other people. But definitely go on there, take the course. Once you have the course, once you have the materials, they're yours to keep forever. These are things that I've been teaching for years and years and years. So you're not going to miss out. Nothing's going to go out of style or stop being trendy. Again, these are all things that organized people do. If you were to hire a professional organizer, this is definitely something that they are going to be doing for you in your home. So head over to my website. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the One Organized Mama podcast. And until next time, have a fantastic week. Thanks.